Episode number 11 of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. And the first person voted off of Survivor Eat Sleep Fantasy, Dale DeMott. Grab your mic, exit the recording booth, you've been voted off. I'm Christian Brito, you can find me at Fantasy, And with me, as always, by my side, welcome back. Armando Crespo. How you doing, Armando? Armando vacilón. Armando rumba en la calle. Armando la gozadera. Armando tiene la clave. What's up, brothers? Um, you can follow me at Thunder Crespo on all formats. And Dale's not here. I'm really excited about this. Yes, it's going to be our best episode yet. So moving on, also with us tonight is intern Rich. How you doing, Richard? Shut up, Richard. Hey, everyone. At Rich underscore fantasy. And yes, everybody cares. Somebody, somebody cares. His mom's probably not listening, though. So. She's, she's my one follower. Okay, I was going to say, that's like half of your potential audience. It took me like a week <laughs> to convince her. <laughs> but Omar, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So um, follow us on our group Twitter handle, at EatSleepFF. So, and also visit us on our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. Any questions you have, you can submit a question right there on eatsleepfantasy.com. We do want to ask that you guys please take a second, head over to iTunes, give us a review, let us know what we're doing right. <laughs> um, so, moving on. By, by the way, we're brought to you by Fantrax. So, I do want to take two seconds. That was the next thing I was about to say on my list. Um, we are presented by Fantrax.com. You can head over to Fantrax, put in promo code ESF, and you can get a free premium upgrade. We're also going to be hosting our listener league on Fantrax.com. So if you want to join the listener league, head over to our website on the submit a question button and put why you deserve to be in the listener league on our website. Anyways, moving on. We're going to be talking a little bit about news and notes today. We're going to be talking mailbag, some listener questions we got going on. And of course, later in the show, we've got the awesome Jeff Hasley on our show from footballguys.com, a writer over there. He's got some great information. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. Let's get started right now with news and notes. First thing I want to talk about is the Tom, Sp- Tom Brady suspension. God damn it. I knew I was going to read this wrong. <laughs> All right, so Tom Brady is not going to appeal to the Supreme Court his four-game suspension for Deflategate. This seems to be as far as he's going to go in trying to get this stopped. So it's finally going to stick. He's finally going to serve the four games. How do you feel this is going to affect how you draft him, Armando? Well, I mean, before this was officially, officially announced, I had him ranked three. I know it was a little high. Uh, I'm moving down to eight right now. Um, he's still going to be... A great quarterback, you know, for the rest of the season. It's just four games is a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, num- number eight though. That's that seems a little high, even with the four game suspension. Maybe this is remember we have the league is full of quarterbacks that are quality quarterbacks, even especially in between that eight to you know sixteen range. So missing those four games is going to be pretty significant. I, I have them more around the twelve or thirteen target. Uh, you know, other players going around them like Tony Romo, Philip Rivers. You know, they're 
much more quality there because you're going to get the 16 games as opposed to just 12. I definitely think it's an opinion of whether or not you're looking at you know total year projections. He's obviously going to be knocked down somewhere between that 12-14 range because he has to fall because he's going to miss four games. But if we're talking on a per-game basis, if you can draft somebody late in your draft or if you have waivers before the season starts and you could pick up somebody really late, uh, Matt Ryan, who's going as a 20th quarterback overall, plug him in for your first four weeks, and then you can get Brady, who's obviously his draft value is going to be severely affected by this. That's that's a viable play, right, guys? Yeah. I think the more interesting conversation falls into the world of how does this affect Gronk? Well, it doesn't affect Gronk, but how does it affect everyone else around him? Right. That offense is definitely going to take a hit, but I think it'll be serviceable enough to keep it, you know, Deion Lewis on pace. Maybe I think the biggest person that will probably take a hit is Julian Edelman. He's probably not going to see as many targets. They'll probably lean a little bit more on Blunt and Lewis to start off the season. Yeah, not really fantasy relevant, but I'm really excited to see Garoppolo and how he's going to be shaping up. So I'm going to be watching those four games. Yeah, Julian Edelman's currently going 19 on ADP. I'm not sure if I move him up or down. I would definitely move him a little farther down. I still t- I'll take Macklin and Tate over him for sure right now. He's ranked ahead of both of those. Yep, definitely a guy I have to drop. Just maybe a couple spots. Those two, there's four games will definitely affect them. All right, so let's move on to a couple of uh, contracts that just happened. You know, the, the deadline to sign players to long-term extensions that were under the franchise tag is now passed. So we've got a couple players, you know, Vaughn Miller with his record-setting contract. Um, a couple players that did not get their extension. So, <clears throat> Armando, talk to us about the first guy here that you want to address. Um, the only guy I want to address is Kirk Cousins. He didn't get his big contract, but he still got the uh, tag. He's going to get $19 million this year, which is plenty of cash for someone. Um, yeah, he's gonna he's on a prove-it deal, and I think he's going to prove it. I think that's really probably the only guy worth you know talking about right now is Kirk Cousins. Uh, it's really one of those years just, you know, sometimes guys will flourish under a contract season. You know, the, the guy that comes to mind is Doug Martin last year who had two stinky years before that and comes into a contract year and, you know, does fantastic number three running back in fantasy last year. So let's see what Kirk Cousins does in a, in a season that could really make or break his future NFL career. All right, cool. So then let's go ahead and transition into our listener questions. Because someone came in the mail today. Okay. These nuts. <laughs> All right, so we've got a few questions here. Uh, Wayne LeBrock, who is at Wayne LeBrock, says, list in order the rookies or the second-year players you would draft this year. Uh, I think the order is fairly simple. That's probably not necessarily the question he meant, but if the order is pretty much the way they're being drafted as far as ADP. For me, the first second-year player I would take is Gurley. Most of these guys are probably going to be second-year players. These are the guys that have proven it. Um, I would go Gurley. Then David Johnson will squeeze a rookie in there based on opportunity, which is Elliott. Um, and then out the you know, next couple guys would be Amari Cooper, Thomas Rawls, those sorts of guys who are going way later, you know, past the you know, second, third round. So <clears throat> um, if we're talking second-year players, you know, definitely I would love to target David Johnson. Um, for me, that's, that's a guy that I know Armando has a differing opinion on. But I think we should definitely direct this question – towards some rookies. Armando, who are some rookies that you're thinking about drafting outside of the obvious Elliot? Um, Sterling Shepard. Um, he's going to be lining up alongside Odell Beckham, and that just means he's going to get the second best corner in the NFL on each team. Um, he's <laughs> going to be the open receiver on that roster. Um, you know, Victor Cruz might be coming back, but we don't know 
to what level. So Sterling Shepard's going to have some open looks. He's going to be playing the Ruben Randall role. And Ruben Randall was serviceable, but I don't think he's a Sterling Shepard. So we'll see how it plays out. Right. I think that's a great call. Um, a guy that has tons of opportunity and seems to have the talent to go with it. So if he can just put it all together on the field, should have a good rookie season. All right. Anybody else you got? I really, really hate C.J. Anderson. He's He burned me last year, and I'm all in on Booker. You know, he might start the season as a starter, but I don't see him finishing it. I'm, I'm taking Booker as a late-round flyer every draft I'm in for sure. Okay. I'm going to reach for him. All right, second year back that you guys didn't mention, Jay Ajayi, any thoughts on him? Um, the 3.8 yards per carry It's a little bit concerning. Uh, it's a team that... I will never trust in the Dolphins to really fully give a, a, a full workload to their running back. Uh, I did not like how they handled Lamar Miller in that situation, so now we have a running back coming into that same spot that I deem to be less talented um, to come into the same role. So uh, where he's going is a lot later, though, so, you know, he's okay. I mean, I'm a Jay Ajayi believer to an extent. He's not, He's going – I have him at rank 23 – with that offensive line improving with Brandon Albert, you know, Tunsil coming in, Pouncey's there. Um, there's going to be an improved offensive line. Adam Gaze is a quarterback whisperer, but he did do wonders for Matt Forte. Well, not really wonders. Matt Forte's always been awesome. Um, but, yeah, J.H.I. should fill in the Lamar Miller role pretty nicely and probably improve on it because Adam Gaze is going to run the ball a lot more than Philbin and our tight end coach that was the head coach. Yeah, Jai right now is going as number 47th overall, so late fourth round comfortable taking him there honestly i might not get him that early i might wait till the fifth round personally brito i think he's he's okay i mean he's one of those guys that if he falls a little bit more because there's drafts that he'll go higher and there's drafts that he'll go lower um in that spot it really depends on what i'm targeting because there's a guy there's a couple guys going right behind them that i would rather have like i'd rather take um jarvis landry who's going one spot ahead behind him on the same team um, if I could get Jarvis Landry, if, especially if I need a wide receiver at that spot, I'd rather have him. But if I need a running back at that spot, he's a, he's okay. Like, he's a fairly good value. I mean, I don't know. I think it might – now I look at it a little more, it's, he's kind of going higher. I would rather have Jonathan Stewart, John, um, DeMarco Murray, Jeremy Hill, even Ryan Matthews over him. He's he's going pretty pretty early to me. That's his – yeah. His – um. His average shaft position and his rankings don't exactly line up. So he's ranked right now as the 18th running back off the board, but he's going um, in average shaft position slightly later than that. He's going as the 24th running back off the board, which is what I feel a little bit more comfortable with because I'd rather have some of those other guys. All right, we, we spent way too much time on JJ. <laughs> All right, next question comes from Mike Randall. He's at Fantasy Warrior Mike. He says, all I hear about is he has a great opportunity. Who are some of those fantasy players that you think will bust with these great opportunities? So for me, this guy is, is uh, I'm going to get some hate for this, is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, man, I can already feel the hate coming from the listeners. Why would I take a rookie in the first round? I've seen people reach for him in the top five. I've seen him go as the number one player in a mock draft. For what? You can take a proven player in that spot who has just as much upside, who has just as much of a workload. Why would I take the rookie? People get too enamored and they play in dynasty leagues. They get too enamored with the possibility of a player. 
especially in a scenario that we don't know exactly how it's going to work out. Yeah, he's going to be a workhorse, but in my opinion, he's not Todd Gurley. He's not Adrian Peterson. He's not this, you know, 100% lock to be a beast, you know, running back. He's good. But a Big Ten running back going into a good situation isn't always the best thing, especially not as a rookie in the first round. I'm just going to copy and paste what you just said about Ezekiel Elliott and apply to David Johnson <laughs> and just add sophomore to it because he's not 100% proven. He's only had six starts in his entire career, 100-yard game. Um, yeah, David Johnson's currently the third running back off the board. Um, I wouldn't say he's going to be a bust, but I would not be surprised if he finishes outside the top 12 with all those mouths feed out there with Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown. I know Chris Johnson's Chris Johnson. We know what he is, but he's going to take some carries away, and they're going to want to save David Johnson for the playoffs because they want to make a late playoff push. So, yeah, David Johnson, I can see him falling pretty far from the number three spot and finishing somewhere outside the top 12. That would not surprise me. But he is a beast. I think he could be great. I just, I think there's just too many things going on over there for David Johnson to succeed as a third-best running back. So I also want to talk about a guy that maybe is going a couple rounds later, a few rounds later, actually, that I do think has even more of a bust potential. And that's a guy who I've loved his entire career. Pains me a little bit to say it, but that's Matt Forte moving over to the Jets. There's a couple reasons for this. We have a 30-year-old running back who's changing teams in an offense where he may not actually have all of the passing down work with Bilal Powell still there. I don't love me some Matt Forte, especially where he's going. Um, I'm staying away from him. I, I completely disagree with you, personally. I think Matt Forte is a steal right now as a 15th running back off the board. Belil Powell's back there. I'm not worried about anything. He's going to get the work. Matt Forte is 100 times better than Belil Powell. You, you can, you can by take far. him. Uh, I'll take him. Several guys I'd rather have. All right. All right. What about then the flip situation with Langford staying back in Chicago pretty much to fill in the Forte role? He's coming off the board as a running back number 22, 69th overall. Do you think he can fill that void, or is he just going to be a little bit less? I'm buying into the Clay, the clay hate. I don't want him. He's another one of these guys where his ranking differs from his average draft position, and that has a lot to do with Mike Clay and his firm hate and a lot of these experts that are reading into how actually bad Langford was given the opportunity. But we have to keep in mind, he is a running back in a John Fox offense that is going to probably run the ball quite a bit. He had some problems with drops and stuff like that last year, but he's got an opportunity. And if, uh, if he's going off the board, as you know, he's ranked the 26th running back, I mean, behind Frank Gore, are you kidding me? You're going to put him behind Frank Gore? You're going to put him in, in the same grouping even? I, give me give me Jeremy Langford going that late and give me the high upside. You know, maybe he is trash, but I'd much rather take his upside. No, no, no. I'll take the safety of Frank Gore. <laughs> okay, Consuela. No. <laughs> I, I no. <laughs> Mr. Langford knows here. <laughs> All right, all right, moving on. <laughs> this uh, next question comes from Rob Tillotson. I hope I said that right. He's at Page2SportsRob, and he says... Yeah, he changed his Twitter handle 
because we complained about it on our previous episode. It's not any shorter, Rob. It's still bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, what's more important, fantasy football or Pokemon Go? Right now it's a down season, and you need to get your levels up in Pokemon Go to get the powerful Pokemon. So Pokemon is taking, you know, over fantasy right, right now you're, just you're by a little podcast. bit. That's it. I'll be serious just right now. Listen, the only reason that this question is fantasy football is because Pokemon Go needs to fix their damn servers. Yep. All right? And fix your functionality, and then we'll talk. All right. Until then, give me some Sterling Shepard and some, you know, Jeremy Langford talk. All right, and Johnny Slokes, who is at Johnny Slokes, says, what is your favorite snack on game day? Richard, what do you think? I want to hear what you eat. For me? I mean, for me, I'm going with the Totino's pizzas, man. They're cheap. They're good. They're easy to make. I'm watching the game while it's in the toaster oven. That's it. Oh, God. That's what, disgusting. Well, would you rather have the uh, the pizza or the pizza rolls? Why not both? <laughs> pizza, pizza rolls, man. You got to go that way. Um, I think you keep it simple. You have some beer. You have some soda. You order some pizzas. I think that's the, probably the best way to go. You got to have some chips and dip. Brito, and doesn't, guy, Brito doesn't drink beer. When, he's, when he says beer, he really means Smirnoff Ice. What I really mean is margaritas. Yeah. I love me some margaritas, especially if somebody has a... You know, margarita maker and some frozen. What do uh, they call butteritas? What do they call the bugaritas? The Budweiser ones? Yeah, but not the lime ones. There's those right. actually taste All like right. beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to fantasy football then. <laughs> so we've got we've got Coach Taylor who sent us a question. He is at seventh grade B team FF, and he says, Jesus. "What's the news on the following players?" And he lists out Kevin White, Brashad Perriman, and Thomas Rawls. Well, Bashad Perriman will never play an NFL snap. <laughs> let me let me handle this in a serious <laughs> way. Um, Bashad Perriman was diagnosed initially with an ACL tear. Um, I don't know what happened to that doctor, but he should probably lose his job because on a second uh, evaluation, they noticed that it was just a partial ACL tear, which is still bad. Um, and it's it's an injury that could have ended a season, but it's looking like they. You know, had him have a stem cell injection that there's actually still a chance that he could play this season. But they have realistically no idea what his recovery timetable is looking like right now. So it's a guy that will probably start training camp on the pup. Um, You know, and as far as what we're talking about for the start of the season, we really don't know yet. Now, aside from what you might hear, I, I do want to add this note because we always hear coach speak, oh, this player is going to be ready for training camp. This is one of those situations that I, I wouldn't necessarily listen to coach speak and wait till we see it on the field. Uh, I, I do not trust the hardball. And he'll probably say, oh, he's already said that, oh, he'll probably join us at some point in training camp. I, I would expect, like I said earlier, preparing him to start training camp on the pup or something similar. Um, and be probably ready at some point the start of the season. But if he doesn't do anything at all in the preseason, then I probably won't touch him. Uh, he plays the same position as Mike Wallace. I mean, obviously they both play wide receiver, but they're both going to be the, the deep route uh, wide receivers. So I, I'm not touching Bashar Perryman this year. Maybe next year, but definitely not this year with Mike Wallace there. Agreed. Okay, who was the next guy? Kevin White. Kevin White's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, he missed all of 2015 with a shin injury. Um, the only issue that he had during the first part of uh, OTAs is that he had a lot of drops. 
But as far as his health, he's he's ready to go. And Thomas Rawls. Uh, when it comes to Thomas Rawls, he's a player that he's saying himself that he's a full go and ready to start for the first week of training camp. With an injury like his and how long it took him to get even to where he's at, he's a player that I'll believe it when I see it. I do not necessarily trust that situation. It seemed like he started healing at an adequate pace, and then something happened where he had a you know minor setback. Seahawks drafted a bunch of running backs. I believe it when I see it. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not touching him right now. He's low in my rankings. I'll move him up once I see him in the preseason running. You know, but I'm not going anywhere near him right now. Yep, too early. If if you're doing if you're doing drafts now. Uh, don't <laughs> get yeah. in a league that drafts later. <laughs> really, really shouldn't be this early. Yep. All right. So next question, then we have from Snack Time Fantasy. He is at Snack underscore Time FS, and he wants to know what our thoughts are on Malcolm Mitchell and his role in the Patriots offense. All right. So Malcolm Mitchell. Um, listen, Patriots don't like to use their rookie wide receivers. If there's anybody that I'm trusting in that offense to catch passes outside of Gronk and Julian Edelman. The next guy in that line is Deion Lewis. And then even after that, the fourth guy who's going to get targets is not going to be Malcolm Mitchell. It's going to be Chris Hogan, who they inquired in free agency. He's going to be the next guy on that list. I don't see much of anything coming from Malcolm Mitchell this year. Give it maybe one more year, and we'll see if he's relevant in 2017. All right. Moving on, then, we have Noah Lucas, who did send us a question. He's at Noah underscore Lucas. He wants to know what the favorite shampoo brand of Eat Sleep Fantasy is. Uh, my girlfriend makes my shampoo. So Please tell me that's not true. It's completely true. Oh, my God, dude. You're such a hippie, man. How do they even do that? How does she do that? Um, something with baking soda? I don't really know. Besides that, she makes it. I just use it. I got baking soda. <laughs> Yo, there's some bad chemicals in shampoo, man. They, they, they kill some really good stuff in your hair that should still be there. Listen, Just man. Saying. Um, I don't know how much I want to plug shampoos, but that Dove hair care for men feels great. So, all right. That's all, right. That's all I want to say. All right. But seriously, he did he did send us a, another question, too. He wants, he wants us to pick two out of these players. And it looks like it's probably in a dynasty or a keeper type league. He wants to know... Whether we would take and PPR yeah, and it's a PPR league, correct? So he's got three players here. He wants you to pick two. He says Julio for a one, Dez for a two, or Ingram for a four. I think it's pretty clear here. He's keeping Gurley with an eight, by the way. Yeah, I, he's definitely keeping Julio hands down. No questions. Doesn't matter. You're getting Julio. I mean, the Dez and Ingram. I hate Dez. I'll take Ingram personally. Yeah, I think Ingram is a pretty good value at the four. He's the only guy here that is going one round later than his value. Julio is pretty much going for a one right now, and Dez is on that turn around that 12th, 13th pick. Um, if we're going to take players at a value, I'd much, much rather have Julio in a PPR league, who's just an absolute PPR monster, and he's going to catch He's going to catch at least 120 passes again. I mean, he caught 136 last year. Um, <laughs> he's just a beast in PPR. Give me Julio. Yeah. The next question is actually uh, Julio-related as well. Mark Szymanski at Mark SZY says, if Matt Ryan is expected to do so poorly, why is Julio ranked so high? Uh, because, because it happened last year. Jinx. <laughs> 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 um, so, definitely, man. Matt Ryan last year was bad in the red zone, had 
his second lowest touchdowns he's ever had in his career outside of his rookie year. But he still threw for 4,500 yards, and Julio was still the number two wide receiver. Um, if Matt Ryan is even slightly better in the red zone and that offense is even slightly more efficient, Julio could be the number one wide receiver. Um, an offense doesn't necessarily have to be elite for it to sustain a t- an elite wide receiver. L- look mean, at DeAndre s- Hopkins. Look this at Josh Gordon a few years ago. A horrible offense, number one type wide receiver. So, and and I think people are way too low on Matt Ryan. He's ranked as the twentieth quarterback off the board for a guy that threw forty five hundred yards last year, and that's basically his number for the last four or five years. He um, should improve with Sanu there. He's definitely an improvement from. I don't think he's an improvement from Roddy White. I just don't think they use Roddy White. But I think Sanu is definitely an improvement on their second wide receiver from last year. Yeah, Tammy's healthy. Uh, they drafted an, another rookie tight end. Like you said, they added uh, Muhammad Sanu. Maybe they'll be slightly more efficient in the red zone. You know, should be should be about the same for Julio. I, I don't see any reasons to be down on him. And he Unless he gets injured because he's always injured. No, he hasn't been injured in a while. So I, I, think, uh, I think he's a fairly safe player at the top of drafts. All right, that just about wraps it up then for our listener questions. We've got an interview coming up with Jeff Hasley that was conducted by Christian Brito and myself. It's a really good interview, real interesting. He had a lot to say, so just stay tuned. All right, so Jeff Hasley, who we have on now, is a lead writer and weekly columnist for footballguys.com. He's been with them since 2007. Jeff, you're on right now with Richard and Christian. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. I hope you are. And thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to talking some football. Awesome, man. No, yeah, we uh, we were like, do we want to talk about the Kardashians or do we want to talk about football? We decided to <laughs> <laughs> we decided to go with football since we're having you on. So, um, just want to lead into it. We want to know what got you into fantasy football. How did you make this into something that you're doing as a career path? Talk to us about that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was always a big part of the of football guys site as a fan, uh, way back, way back when they were initially, uh, you know, first getting underway and kind of getting their feet beneath them as far as the site is concerned and the, the go-to place for fantasy information, you know, a long, long time ago, they used to have, well, they still have, but, uh, they, uh, they had message boards where, you know, people would come and say their, uh, a, a pain. This is long before social media, right? So right. we would go in and just talk about you know various different topics, football-related topics. Um, you know, we'd share our opinions, and you know, we would all kind of become board mates, I guess, if you will. You know, a lot of people who just spent a lot of time and, and you know spoke to other people on the message boards, and I did that, you know, kind of uh, uh, casually, leisurely, you know, off and on, and uh, you know, months became years, and Next thing you know, like maybe three years after I've been doing that, um, one of the uh, one of the owners of Football Guys, David Dodds, approached me, and you know he commented that uh, you know he really appreciated my running style. He liked the fact that um, you know I have a good mind for football, for fantasy, yada yada yada. Uh, asked if I could um, uh, if he could give me a call, and this was in the summer of 2007. And, um, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wasn't quite sure what was the premise of the call, you know? Um, and, uh, so we, you know, we, we talk about all kinds of different things. And during that call over the course of the call, he invited me to come on staff 
And, uh, of course, you know, I was blown away thinking that, you know, this would be wonderful. I mean, who wouldn't want to uh, write for a company that wants them? And, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a whole lot of money. You know, money is not really the, the, the thing that interested me. You know, it was more of a supplemental type of income. Uh, but the opportunity to, you know, to, to write for a site that I really, uh, you know, appreciated and, you know, uh, was a big fan of, um, and to have uh, one of the co-owners give me a call and tell me all this. So it was, I, my head got a little bit big, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. around the house and stuff, you know, so I told my family this and that, they're like, Oh really? Wow. I didn't know you could do that, but okay. Uh, because back then, you know, I mean, I've been doing fantasy football from you know, like the nineties, um, you know, back in the Warren moon era and, uh, the, the, the Curtis Martin, you know, Emmett Smith, you know, that, that whole era, Carl Pickens, um, you know, so, uh, um, you know, fantasy has been a, a big part of my uh, existence in terms of hobbies for a long time. And for this to kind of come to fruition was, uh, was kind of, a, uh, you know, a dream come true. I mean, who wouldn't like to uh, have a hobby that, you know, you can be paid for. And it, like I said, it's, it's a supplemental type of income, you know, when I, when I started out and, um, you know, kind of grew and rose from there. And, and I've been a part of the staff from 2007 on. So we're approaching 10 years and, and uh, you know, it's a great company to, uh, to be a part of, to work for. Uh, I've seen a lot of growth, uh, just as the industry itself has seen a lot of growth. Um, social media has just taken over and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a big, it's, it's great to be a part of all that. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, we could just, we could just hear it in your voice. That sounds awesome. Um, do you have any advice for people? Because you, like you're saying now, social media is taking control. Yeah. Of, of fantasy football is prevalent everywhere. Advice for people that are looking to do what you're doing. Yeah, you know what? Um, find your niche. You know, do you, do you like writing about daily fantasy football? Um, do you like writing about IDP? Do you, do you like stats? Do you like, uh, like in my case, heck, I started off just kind of writing um, – a, uh, an article in, on the message board uh, every, every week about um, uh, interesting stats, tidbits, and um, facts, you know, football-related stuff, fantasy-related stuff. And that just took off, and it, it got a, a popular um, following, you know, amongst the people on the message boards. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of became my niche. So, um, and I've, I've grown from that niche, but that's kind of what got me there. That's what got my foot in the door. So my advice is to write a lot, um, write what you feel comfortable with and, um, you know, find some other people on the, in, in, in the industry, you know, who would, uh, you know, vouch for your work, um, you know, on, on Twitter, maybe they're mentioning you, your work, you know, that get some, just try to get your name and your work out there. And, uh, you know, you, you, all you need to do is just catch that one break, get your foot in the door. The next thing you know, you've got other opportunities that are, uh, you know, staring you in the face. And, you know, hard work, of course, goes a long way. Um, I think being just a morally good person as well also goes a long way. Nice. And, uh, you know, because nobody really wants to do business with someone who's uh, just kind of a jerk. So, <laughs> just, in my opinion, and this is what I've been told, this is what, you know, the kind of the, uh, core that I live by is, you know, if you're on social media, something like, you know, Facebook or Twitter, you don't want to post anything that 
you wouldn't want your own mother to see. Right. So uh, I think that's that's good advice, and uh, um, it's it, it goes a long way. It really does when you want to try and get yourself recognized, and uh, of course, so also does the content that you provide. But um, find your niche, whatever that might be, and have a passion. And and uh, I think if you have that, you can't really go wrong. It's just a question of how many people see your work. Is it ten, or is it a thousand, or is it ten thousand? So. And once you get to that point, higher and higher and higher up to that level that you want, um, I think you're going to uh, find that, um, you know, that that's one way to uh, kind of catapult yourself to the place that you want to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're speaking to the we, – we asked that question, I think, for, for us more than the audience itself because we've been just been blown away with the reception of people that actually – want to hear what we have to say so it's it's really amazing man very exciting yeah so i want to transition now talk to you a little bit about the sfb 480 that you're in because to me this is mm-hmm. just something that fascinates me so much uh for all our listeners that aren't seeing the hashtag sfb 480 everywhere uh what that is <laughs> it's the it's the scott fishbowl 480 it's 480 teams competing they're all divided up into divisions um 360 experts and analysts, 120 fans are all competing in one gigantic league. Um, uh, so, Richard, I, I know you wanted to lead in and ask him about his team. Yeah, I've got I've got some of your picks here. You've got Eli and Alex Smith at the quarterback. Then you've got Lamar Miller and Matt Forte, Deion Lewis, and Forsett at running back. A.J. Green, Macklin, and Landry at wide receiver. And then your tight end at Gary Barnage. For the for these picks, any any kind of dilemma that you were looking at while drafting, how do you feel about the team itself? So far, I actually really like the team, and it's kind of important to preface the fact that um, in this particular league, uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, half point PPR. Uh, it used to be one full point PPR, but that's changed. Um, and uh, there's what, three, four flex positions. Is it three? Should I even remember? But uh, there, there's no defense and there's no kicker, and uh, it's super flex. So you can use a quarterback as another flex. I guess it's four if you include the other quarterback, and there's three others. Right. Um, so it's a lot of drafting running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all in a nice um, mixture of making sure that you don't have the same bye week, you know, on some of your core players. But um, – yeah, it's, uh, I've been a part of this with Scott for a long time. In fact, I was one of the guys who kind of helped him grow the league. I think we started with 64 teams, and um, it's just kind of – it's literally taken off from there. Every year it's just bigger and bigger, and it's, it's amazing. Scott is such a wonderful guy, too, uh, great commish. Uh, he's got a, you know, a background in web development, that whole, uh, that whole side of things. So he – you know created and, and built this on his own. And, you know, of course, he's a writer himself for Dynasty League football. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's got a fantasy mind. You know, he's created this thing. And, and now it's this huge thing. And you're like, who's Scott Fish? What is this Scott Fish bowl thing? <laughs> yeah. it's a, you know, it, I, in my opinion, and I don't know if I'll ever tell Scott this, but I, it, it needs a catchier name. <laughs> I mean, we've all, come, we've all become accustomed to Scott Fish bowl, right? Okay, great. But now that it's getting so big, so large, so universal, it needs to have something else, in my opinion. It needs to have a little bit more of a draw, you know. And wouldn't it be cool if, we, if like, each team, uh, this is in the future, and now I do hope Scott's listening, um, <laughs> if, if, 
Um, each team had like a, a celebrity on their, and, you know, in, or not each team, each division had like a celebrity or, you know, a football player um, who was also participating in this yeah. uh, for charity, you idea. know, whatever. That would be awesome. How great would that be? I mean, it's already fun to be able to, you know, share the division with, you know, these uh, other people in the industry as well as fans who, you know, are really happy and pleased to be, you know, working with, uh, everybody in this whole thing. And it's just amazing how Scott puts this all together. It really is. But um, getting back to my team, since you asked me that, um, and I, I digress because I got off the subject, but um, the biggest question mark I have with my team, my fourth running back was uh, I picked Justin Forsett. And uh, that seems to be, and he goes along with um, Lamar Miller, Matt Forte, and Dion Lewis. I'm actually more concerned about Forsett than I am Lewis, even though Lewis is the one who's coming off the ACL from week eight last year. Um, Forsett, uh, you know, I've got an opinion that I think he's going to, I think he's going to start. I think he's going to do fairly well. Um, we know that he's going to have the carries at first, and we know that he's capable of being a, 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 a receiving back. Um, the question, though, is can he handle that load for the entire season or most of the season or at least long enough for me to find a possible replacement for him in the waiver wire if I had to. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I like my team. I really do. I, I think that I've got a good balance. Uh, you know, it's not – I mean, we're only slightly over halfway there. So I look at this league, and if you're familiar with the different jargon for uh, DFS, you know, like a GPP. I think of this league as if it's a uh, uh, you gotta you gotta pick some far out players you know later on of course once you have your core you gotta pick some guys that have a chance to potentially uh, you know develop into you know a star uh, player at their position um, and uh, you gotta have to treat it that way because if you want to win even win your division you gotta have some solid uh, moves. Um, whether that's the draft and season management, you know, yada, yada. But um, you got to have some luck on your side. And, and um, you know, drafting guys like, uh, mm, let me just throw a name out there, Ruben Randall, right? He's good, but he's not great. We've seen what he can do. We've seen the ceiling. He's okay, right? You don't really want to have him on your team. You would want to have maybe, who knows, I'm just throwing him out, like a Josh Doxson or a Will Fuller or maybe even a Jermaine Curse in Seattle who's shown some flash. Someone who you don't quite yet know that, um, you know, hasn't really quite reached their potential yet and, you know, has upside versus, say, someone, you know, like I said, uh, Ruben Randall, who, you know, kind of know what you're going to get. You might be a wide receiver, too, in Philadelphia. You might get you four or five touchdowns, 45, 50 catches. You know, what's that really going to do for you, though? So, um, in my opinion, you kind of have to shoot for the stars later on uh, in the draft and, and uh, you know, find some of those. Um, some of those diamonds in the rough that can win you your league. Yeah, one of the players in particular. Yeah, one of the players in particular that I was interested in, in hearing about is Gary Barnage. Uh, you have yeah. him as you have him as your tight end. How do you think he's going to be? He's going to be using that full PPR in this league. But you know, even in standard formats, how do you feel he's going to be looking at with the new quarterback situation in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean it's a totally new regime there, and they didn't have him last year. So they don't, other than the fact that they know his box scores and they, you know, they know him through camp and OTAs and such, uh, you know, he's relatively new to them. And 
uh, he's going to have to prove himself all over again. Now, I, I personally think he's going to be, well, I think he has the ability to be the best receiver on the team. Whether or not uh, Corey Coleman has anything to say about that, uh, you know, is uh, yet to be determined. But, I mean, you kind of want to have some veterans on the team to, to, uh, to go to. And right now, Barnage is that guy. I, I'm, we don't know what the situation is with, uh, with Josh Gordon. Uh, Travis Benjamin is gone. Uh, Barnage was one of the, was the, the top receiver next to Benjamin on the team. And he really came out of nowhere. And, um, you know, he, he thrived. He flourished. So I think we're going to see the same from him. But it may take a little bit of time for him to get going. Um, because uh, just you know, it's a new coaching staff. They have to get used to his ability and his uh, 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 ability to make plays. So I like Barnage. Uh, I would say he's maybe like a top seven type of tight end. I don't. I wouldn't put him top five. I think he was what ranked fourth or fifth last year. So I think he's got some work cut out for him, and he's not a given. But I do like his potential. Anybody else that you're high on coming into into the drafts? Any anybody that you um, have your eye on that you would that you would love to have on any team that you that you pick? Well, one guy that I'm really liking is is Jarvis Landry, who I have. Um, in, in this league, at uh, half a point per catch, it's not as enticing as it would be with one point per catch. Um, but I really, really like what Landry did last year. I mean, here's a guy. We know that. Uh, I mean, he's he's basically a disciple of Odell Beckham. I mean, they've been friends since kids. And, uh, you know, they, they play, heck, their rookie years, they each had, what, 91 catches apiece, uh, both from LSU. Uh, they both have that same level of flair to them. They both have that talent and ability. Um, Landry can play out of the slot. Uh, he can play um, uh, in the uh, a split end. I mean, he can run whatever route you need him to. And I think that he's going to be a huge piece with Miami this year and Adam Gates. I'm not so much of a big fan of Devontae Parker, believe it or not, as he's really only shown success that I've seen uh, lining up in the slot, not necessarily outside where he really should be, and he's just not. He's struggling against the press coverage, and unless that improves, I kind of see him not uh, elevating himself into that uh, rare error which people think he's going to do. 100% agree with that. Everything you just said about Landry and Parker – it's ridiculous how the drafts are going. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, much to Parker. Landry could be a top 10 receiver, and you're getting him at like 18, 19, 20. So he's a guy who I totally believe will outperform his uh, average draft position. So flipping to the other side of that, can you tell us about a player or two that you absolutely feel must be avoided in drafts that you just won't touch? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um I well, I, I just mentioned Devontae Parker, right? I, I don't really have much interest in him, guys. I don't have that much interest in Le'Veon Bell, to be honest with you. I'm a little bit concerned about his uh, his knee and uh, his. Um, we don't know what level of um, play he's going to be at with his recovery. I mean, we're talking about an MCL and a PCL injury that required surgery that doctors have said. The best he can do right now in this year is about 80% of what we've seen from him in the past. So how comfortable is he going to be on that knee? Um, when will he have the confidence to be able to you know, make those moves that he's made in the past? And uh, you know, if that's not evident, 
we could be looking at a, a kind of a, a surprisingly down year for Le'Veon Bell. So I'm, I'm staying away from him. I'm not taking him in the first round. And obviously that means I'm not getting him because if someone else will. Um, so I'm, I'm concerned about him. I am not touching uh, Jimmy Graham for the same reason. Not, not, a, not, uh, uh, not the PCL, MCL, but the uh, patella tear, uh, which is what Victor Cruz is coming back from. And we, who knows what he's going to do. Uh, talk about an injury that is one of the hardest to overcome, especially for a wide receiver, or I call him a wide receiver, tight end, is uh, that patella injury. So I am not anywhere near um, Jimmy Graham. In fact, I could see Luke Wilson or Cooper Helfit actually getting more uh, action, more involvement, just as a result of Jimmy Graham just not quite being there yet. And I, he's a guy who I think has a lot of pride, I think he's going to want to go out there and do whatever he can, but I think he's going to be limited, and that's going to hurt him, and it's going to hurt the Seahawks, too, if they don't realize that. So um, I'm staying away from Jimmy Graham. You know, it's kind, of, it's kind of refreshing to finally hear somebody that has the balls to say it about Le'Veon Bell. Um, listening to your colleague over at Football Guys, Gene Bramble, whenever he talks about Le'Veon Bell, I feel like I cringe mm-hmm. a little bit. Because <laughs> it's just like, okay, we know that he possibly suffered an MCL prior as well in, in the in the season oh, before. Yeah. And so um, it's just I have some caution with him. Um, I know most people have him ranked as their number one running back. If not, you know, some people have him ranked number one overall. I'm a little more yeah. cautious. I have him middle to later in the first round. I just want to see that he avoids the pup list, stuff like that. And Jimmy Graham I'm not touching. I mean, that, that – um, Recent study that came out on patellar tear injuries uh, in the mm-hmm. NFL. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I just don't want to touch anybody that's had a patellar ten, tendon injury, even if it isn't an offense that's I think is going to be doing very well in Seattle. Yeah, I think, I think at best it's really kind of a year and a half or two-year rehabilitation process, and we don't even know, you know how good he can be after that. I mean, like, look at Victor Cruz and – who else? Uh, gosh, I can't think of who it was. Um, it was a running back. Oh, I forget his name, and I'm—I'll remember it later. But uh, that happened to him, and he was nothing since. Um, and uh, Ryan Williams. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was remember Ryan like, Williams, the yeah. Arizona guy. Um, at least he, he was on Arizona at one point. Uh, I think he went to Dallas later, and he just never—it never ever. Um, worked out for him and uh similar injury right that's the same that's the same injury that uh dunbar's coming off too so for anybody that uh is even considering drafting him he's uh not worth anything i think in my opinion so let's uh, transition yeah. a little bit away from fantasy i, I kind of want to ask you some uh some pressing questions um when it <laughs> comes to your personal life I know we didn't leave, you know we didn't give you any hint that we might do this, so I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's say you go and you sit down at a restaurant. You ordered your steak medium. It doesn't come out quite right. It comes out, you know, medium well, well done. How do you deal with yeah. that? Uh, well, that sucks because if it's well done and you want it medium, they can't fix it. So you're going to have to wait uh, for another one. Um, depending on you know, the type of place that it is and the, and the, the waiter who, or the server who brought it to me that, you know, do we have a rapport? Is it someone who's kind of, uh, uh, you know, short and, you know, in a hurry and they don't care, you know, that 
I don't know. Shoot, I, I probably would would uh, ask for you know it to be taken back and get a new one. But <laughs> I'm I'm usually not that guy. I, I don't want to you know cause a stir. I'm I'm not a very confrontational type of person when it comes to that. So uh, I think I would. I I don't know, man. If it's edible, I'd probably eat it. But <laughs> I'm not. I, I really there's so many it depends is is in this story. I have no idea. Um. It's, who am I with? Am I with my wife or am I with friends? You know, so. Spoken like shoot, a true fan. That's a horrible analyst. answer. Yeah. You know you're going to take right? at least a couple of bites. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to say, hey, how's that potato that goes with it? But, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what are you, are you watching anything on television? Any shows that you, you've been able to catch up on? Um, you know what I've been lately binge watching? Uh, with my wife, we're, we're both watching this together. Uh, late at night, kids are in bed. Um, is uh, Person of Interest. Have you seen that show? No, I haven't seen Person of Interest. Uh, is that uh, Didn't that recently end, though? Uh, I think it did, but we haven't seen it, so we're on, like, season one. Yeah, well, um, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's a cool show. It's about a, um, it's about a guy who's a former um, uh, CIA, I think, somewhere in, in, the, in the government, who really knows, you know, how to be a badass in terms of, you know, taking people down. Um, he's got skills. Um, and he, he is basically working for this other man who has um, developed a system that tells him when certain people are going to run into conflicts and things like that. And so what he does is he uh, learns of these conflicts and then tries to um, – uh, alleviate the situation or help them out or, or get the bad guy or whatever. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a good show. I don't want to spend too much time explaining it, but, um, uh, for people who have already seen it, obviously they're, they're already in the know and I'm only one season in. So, um, but yeah, we, we like to do that every now and then. Okay. Awesome. Transitioning for one last question, right back into fantasy to wrap it up. Um, if you could have one player, on every single one of your teams for the next 10 years, who would that be? Wow. Cam Newton, probably. I mean, I'm a Panthers fan, first of all. Um, And, uh, you know, I've seen Cam go from, you know, uh, 79 season to 15 and one. So uh, it's great to see Cam kind of, um, you know, develop into the type of player that we really wanted him to. And I remember when he was (laughs) a couple stories about Cam. Um, I remember when he first stepped into a Bank of America Stadium in, in Charlotte for um, uh, Fan Fest Day. This is like right after the very first training camp. And, uh, you know, I hadn't seen him before. And so I'm in the stands watching him come out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's huge. I mean, he's huge. <laughs> he, he looks like he's a defensive end or a huge linebacker, you know. And I'm like, Wow. So anyway, you know, he has those first couple good, really good games, two 400-yard games in a row, right? So we're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be awesome. Um, you know, that, of course, tails off. But um, we all thought, you know, this Cam Newton guy is going to be amazing if he ever figures it out, if he ever figures out how to be a passer, not just a, a, a runner who, uh, you know, escapes the pressure. Uh, you know, if he ever can develop that touch pass, if he can – have receivers who can catch the long bomb because he can throw it out of the stadium. Uh, you know, if he ever can read a, a defense, if he ever can audible out in a pre-snap, uh, you know, if he can ever this, he can ever that, 
well, you know what? We saw him do that last year. Um, heck, against the Redskins, he had uh, he called them. Uh, they were offside, false start for or not false start, but they were offside. He called them off like what six or seven times in that game. I remember that. I'm thinking, wow, this guy, he's got total control of this game, and uh, you know his athletic ability says one thing, but now is the mental approach and just his his passion for wanting to win. He does not like to lose, and when he lost the Super Bowl. Man, talk about a perfect storm for the absolute right team to beat Carolina and Cam Newton at that time. And, you know, I will say this until, until the Panthers win a Super Bowl, is that had Jericho Cotri caught that ball, if they would have ruled that a catch in the first quarter, Carolina would have marched right down the field, and it would have been a completely different game. I'm confident of that, but that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit bitter, but... Um, as a fan, but uh, I, I think we're going to see Cam his legacy measured by whether or not you know he can get a Super Bowl ring, and uh, he definitely has the opportunity. He's got a, a team around him that is uh, you know the window is right there for him. So um, you know Cam Newton would be the guy that I would want. But um, if we're talking receivers, honestly, guys, I swear to God, Jarvis Landry. I know I already talked about him, but I love that guy. He's yeah. going to do so much this year. And we don't even realize it yet. Yep. Most of the time when we ask, you know, when we want to know questions like this, we typically get a receiver. You know, people have that dynasty mind of taking a receiver. If it was up to yeah. me, I would go with a very similar player to what you chose, but I, I would take Russell Wilson. That's my boy right there. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us here. Jeff, um, quickly, if uh, we, we were so thankful for having you here. We want to know where people can find you at, and if you could please uh, give us what you might want to plug here, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you can always reach me on Twitter. I'm, you know, I'm very responsive to people there, and uh, I really appreciate the conversation and, and uh, the talk that people bring to my attention. And that's at Jeff Hasley. Uh, if you, it's H A S E L E Y. But if you didn't hear that, you can just search me, and you probably find me. Um, and uh, you know, I'm doing stuff, some great stuff with football guys. Um, I don't really pump out so many articles in the preseason. Uh, I do more behind-the-scenes stuff, like our staff gets together and we do mock drafts. We have 15 mock drafts planned that I kind of manage and administrate um, all of that. And, and uh, um, you know, we do evaluations on every team for each, uh, each mock draft to give people an idea of what each participant thought of, you know, each pick, what their team was like, what strategy did they use. So I'm putting stuff like that together. Um, I'm also... Uh, working on um, uh, adding external articles to our Football Guys site. So if you are writing an article from a different site, and uh, you know if it's uh, you know something that would relate to you know one of uh, uh, well a specific player, we tie that article to that player. And so I do a, I do some article tagging in that regard as well. Um, it's a busy time for me, but you know I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The season is almost here or at least training camp is almost here in the season right around the corner. And, uh, you know, check us out at footballguys.com. And, uh, you know, of course, you can also reach me on Twitter. So I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks Jeff. a lot, Thanks Jeff. For having a, thanks for being on. I mean, <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate it so much. Um, you have a good rest of your night. All right, thanks, Christian, Jeff. Richard. Thanks, guys. We just want to thank Jeff Hasley so much for being on our show. You were so gracious enough to join us with some great information that you provided us. Uh, before we head out, I do want to mention quickly one 
<laughs> two more things um, that we said before. If you want to be a part of our listener league, please head over to eatsleepfantasy.com. Hit on the submit a question button. We're doing it right there for now. And let us know why you should be a part of our listener league in that little box. And uh, we'll get back to you, our listeners on that. And obviously, guys, if you like us and you want us to know, please head over to iTunes. It's it's a great way for us to know what we're doing right. Um, head over to iTunes. Please give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We thank you so much for doing that. And that'll wrap us up. Buenas noches. I'm scowling, cherry red, chariot of scallions. We don't deal with money, only blood gets the crowd in. Now 